Goddamn Canadians. You see a weaker man boy. <laughs> you just, I'm the alpha male. You just, you just snuff it out. <laughs> it's good for the gene pool. <laughs> oh, man. Jay-Z, I mean, you, come on. Jay-Z Eugenis. Is that guy going to grow up already or what? He looks like a baby still. Is he a minor waiver? <laughs> is he a eugenist or is he a new genist like Frank Thomas? Yeah, <laughs> neither what's one. What's that? What's that uh, product? I think it's new genics. Oh, new genics. New yeah. Yeah. yeah, not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> all right. I think with that, I think without all the eugenics talk, there's all that in there. Okay, it is. Yeah, we should get <laughs> oh, into the. Great. <laughs> Let's get into uh, the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Nerdwave Podcast. I'm Kevin Down. Uh, once again, we got Jay Silverheels and Bobby down. Say what's up, guys. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? All right, perfect. I couldn't have asked for better. Um, <laughs> gonna do it every time. <laughs> All right, so this week um, we're gonna be talking about the our favorite top five favorite comedies of the early two thousands. So from year two thousand to two thousand nine, uh, a couple weeks ago we did uh, the last decade, so two thousand ten mm-hmm. to two thousand nineteen. A little bit of a continuation of that, and. In my opinion, the talent pool here is much deeper. Um, these movies, as far as I'm concerned, most of them, even my honorable mentions, are instant classics. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, this is this should be fun. Um, hopefully we don't go over time because there's going to be a lot to talk about here. There, there's a lot to talk about here. If we go over time, I mean, I feel like it's going to happen no matter what unless we just really try not to. There's just Well, it's a I good mean, thing you're I, drawing this out. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I do what I can for this podcast. Our one listener might get bored. So, um, for his sake, why don't we get jump right into it? Who wants to start with number five? I'll go number five. I'm raising my hand, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Yes, number Jay. five for me is probably what society is about to become, idiocracy. One of the greatest, I don't know if it's a satire on the future, even though it hasn't happened yet. But it's hilarious. Everyone right. in the future is completely stupid because only stupid people were breeding. So <laughs> the smart people had like one kid, stupid people, they have like five. I think it's a cautionary tale. Is it a cautionary? Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Well, the future's going to be hilarious <laughs> for us smart people. I think it's going to be hilarious for dumb people because <laughs> smart I, people are going to be I don't freaked know. out. Yeah, they're going to be smart people dumb? are just going to be horrified. Yeah. Look, look at the average, like the most average person on the planet. Just look at how he dealt with those people. It was terrible. <laughs> and Jay, why do you think you and I are so depressed all the time? Probably because we're smart. Exactly. Sorry, Man, you're, you're just gonna you're just gonna do that to me, huh? I like money. Don't do me like that. It's right. just hilarious right. how, like, I mean, even the person, like, if you speak correctly, he's like, "What's the matter with you? Are you gay or something like that?" Stop me. <laughs> yeah, like you're the derogatory weird. term. Like you're weird. What's the matter? Exactly. It's, it's definitely not piece. This definitely not a PC movie. Like, yeah, but no. just seeing how these people are using the words, they're obviously not intended to be taken seriously. Well, it's so I think it really works. I'm not necessarily a uh, advocate for political correctness, but this movie no is way. sort of. This movie is sort of saying like dumb people aren't politically correct. So it is kind <laughs> of, which is funny because Mike Judge is generally a uh, conservative type of storyteller. Yeah. So. It's funny that he kind of threw that in there. Unless I'm completely misinterpreting it, then I'll go fuck myself. But nah, I, um, think, I think you're correct. I think Mike Judd is like good at poking fun at, at both, you know, sides. both sides. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, he, he dishes out fairly. He throws out, you know, the guff pretty yeah, fairly. Absolutely, lots of guff, lots of guff. This is a movie that uh, I forgot about and I didn't put it on my list. But uh, yeah, it's a great movie and it's such a good time to watch. It's it's so ridiculous and the whole president 
the way that he's a celebrity is very macho. It's like very topical nowadays, so that's kind of funny that he almost predicted it. But at the end of the day, it was bound to happen because celebrity is so powerful in this. What else is great too is like all the major corporations run everything. It's pretty much like it's it's star it's a it's Carl's Jr. pretty much owns everything. Starbucks. 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 But Starbucks isn't coffee anymore. It's turned into a lot of brothel. Yeah, Yeah, it's a natural progression, which is then knockoff Gatorade. Fuddruckers turns into buttfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's great about the movie is it's such a it's basically hyper realism. They're taking it's a caricature of real life, yeah. um, especially today. So that's kind of well, it's all the baser instincts works. just take over for everybody. That's just what they 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 they, they deal to, and it's hilarious. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right, Bobby, what's your number five? Uh, this one, I, I don't know, I, I doubt you guys have this one near your top five, because there's so many, you know, incredible movies here, but this is one of my all-time favorites, like, uh, when I watch this w- with Corey, this is like one of the movies, one of our few favorite movies of all time, I picked Not Another Teen Movie, I, I in my opinion, this is the best spoof movie of all time, uh, it's, you know, it's spoofing, all, of course, all the teen movies, it's, you know, it's like The Breakfast Club, it's like Varsity Blues, 16 Candles, uh, it's there's like ten movies, like ten teen movies that they take from for this. Uh, Never been kissed. She's all that. Just a lot of like a lot of really good classic uh, teen movies, and just turns the tropes on their head. And just like Chris Evans is the main character, Jake Weiler, and he's just this douchey, uh, this, like this douchey quarterback, and it, he just pulls it off so amazingly well. Uh, like he's really like the only big name in this movie, like the only like true star Randy of this Quaid. movie. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> Randy Quaid plays the uh, the crazy father of the main the other the girl main character and Jamie uh, Presley. Yeah, uh, Jamie Presley. Yeah. I actually have her on my notes here. She's the like the third biggest star of this movie. So what does that tell you? Well, the, Shannon Elizabeth the girl, in this one. No, it's she was playing a spoof of Shannon Elizabeth's character. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, okay. Also, what's her name from uh, Never Never? No, not Never Been Kissed. The other one where Mia, Mia Kirshner, I think, isn't it? Oh yeah, she wasn't really. She was more um, like C-list celebrity. The one right, I'm talking, right. the one I'm thinking of is on Supergirl now. Um, she plays Supergirl's sister. She's the main girl, the one who gets the best. Oh design. yeah. So. Oh. Um, uh, can't remember the uh, name. I have no idea of her name. That's like that's the funny thing. But like everybody together works so well. Like I love like the uh, like the three younger, like the the younger brother and his friends. It's like the American Pie gang, and like all the all like the the main. Uh, like the younger brother, he just wants to get laid. Like that's his whole thing. He's like, "We just got to high school. We gotta get laid." They're like and... all the gangs in one, though, because they're also the Breakfast Club gang, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> the American Pie gang. I think it's... they're like Sixteen Candles gang. It's like yeah, they they pull from like all those movies, and they do like every, like almost everything they do hits so well. It's like I, I think there's very few jokes that don't hit. Like there's like a, a diarrhea joke that wasn't my favorite, but uh, otherwise like every scene is is a hit there's maybe like one scene that's a miss um i think my favorite scene is the one where uh, it's like varsity blues like he's trying to get his mojo back as the quarterback it's the championship game and there's one final play he just chucks it downfield after getting like a pep talk from the the wise black janitor and the ball just sails Which is and mr. i think t, by the way yeah it's mr <laughs> t and 
I think if I remember right, the ball sails and hits Reggie Ray in the head, who was out of concussions. So he should have died at that point. <laughs> Which is funny because it's the same actor who was in Varsity Blues. Yeah. Like essentially the same, the same exact character. character. Yeah. I could have sworn you're going to say your favorite scene. Because when you said Varsity Blues, I was going to say it's when Chris Evans putting the whipped cream on, the whipped cream on the <laughs> the I could have sworn that was you're going to you say. It's a banana split. <laughs> Turns around, there's a banana hanging out of his ass. I just want to say one one thing about it really is is you said that the that is probably the well it's your favorite spoof movie of all time or you consider it the best. Um, mm-hmm. Some good contenders out there. Scary Movie One, you know, in that same era is really good. Airplane, right. obviously, Hot Shots, um, mm-hmm. you know, Major League. Uh, there's a bunch of spoof, spoof movies out there that are really good. Um, but secret. that being said, if, number one, yeah, Top Secret. If we were to do a top five spoof movies, this would absolutely be on it. Um, mm-hmm. One, but one of the funniest things isn't even in the theatrical release. It's it, during the musical, and when you watch it on cable, <laughs> the line, <laughs> the the cook turns around and he's like making breakfast, right? So he turns around and he says, "I just jerked off in your French toast." <laughs> so that's the real line. But on the cable edit, he turns around and he says, "Did somebody order the French toast?" Like it totally neuters the punchline, and it's almost funnier if you know what the actual punchline is. It's very much in the same vein of. Uh, yippee ki Mr. Falcon. It's just, it's hilarious. I remember the first time, because we, we watched that together, I think, on TV for the first time. And it was like two in the morning, three in the morning. And all, like all of a sudden he says that. And we just both, like, we couldn't stop laughing for like 10 minutes because of how ridiculously stupid it was. And like exactly. that's that's been a favorite of mine for years ever since then. Just, I love watching on TV because of stuff like that. Exactly. It's hilarious. All right. Let's move on to, uh, to my number five. I actually have a movie that. I don't, I don't really know if it holds up too much today, but I remember when it first came out, I probably watched it three or four times within the, you know, I probably, I think I saw it twice in theaters. And then once it was released on video, I watched it like four times. Uh, but I have Borat, uh, Borat oh, yeah. at number five. This movie was the first time I wasn't a fan of Ali G. I had no idea what that was. So this was the first time I saw, um, what's his name? Drawing a blank on the actor. Uh, so I had no idea what to expect with his particular comedy. Sasha like, Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. There you go. Thank you. Um, no idea what kind, what to expect from his brand, and the movie is so well done in making it look like it's a documentary. That and I just love that kind of style. As we talked about on the last episode, where we were talking about pop star, that fake documentary vibe. Yeah. Um, I just really dig that. You know, The Office is like that. Parks and Rec is like that. It's all. It's it's just a formula that works for me. But not only that, is this movie freaking quotable? There's, there's so many things that came from this culturally that people just repeated forever and ever and ever. So much so that the reason I don't think it really holds up nowadays is because of that. It was just driven into the ground. You know, it's oversaturated. You know, yeah. never going to get this. Beating um, a dead horse. Exactly. That's in, that ended up happening. But I think you can only really do that if it's something that is so clever and smart and funny in the first place. Um, but yeah, there's there's so many scenes that are just crazy in this in this movie. And um, I don't recommend watching it with like your parents or grandma or anything. <laughs> it's very <laughs> vulgar. Um, but yeah, lo- love this movie. So uh, I may have had it higher if it wasn't so much of like a hit. Like if it was a cult classic, I probably would add mm-hmm. it higher because it wouldn't been, you know, it would have gotten less annoying. But right. so that's why I have it at five. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a movie. I think I've only seen it twice, and I probably haven't seen it in probably at least ten years or close to ten years. I enjoyed it when I saw it, but I just. There, I don't think I could put it like it probably wouldn't even be top 10 for me. Like there are just so many great movies in that decade. It's just and it, like I said, it, it wasn't like a bad movie by any stretch. It's just there's so many great contenders. It, it would it just it's hard to put it up there for me. 
Yeah, this is before, you know, Sasha Barracone really kind of grew on me. Um, I've kind of found it. I, I think it was pretty hilarious. It has a lot of quotable things, obviously, and a lot of outlandish stuff that he does. Um, but I think it was, just, for me, it was just kind of annoying. <laughs> but, but I still understand how it's, you know, on your list. I mean, it was it was something no one had ever really done before. So, to and be I mean, fair, like I said, it's I said, really... I said don't watch it with your grandpa. So yeah. that makes sense that you wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> oh, you're hilarious. <laughs> I have to sneak one in every know, episode, like, and that was the perfect time. So I, I like Ollie G better. Ollie G, I think, was funnier. Um, and then a lot of his later stuff that Sasha Gordon Cohen does is like, you know, Talladega Nights. I think he was hilarious in that. That's his best, in my opinion. Well, well Borat, I would say, is his best. Bruno was not good, in my opinion. Bruno was god The dictator awful. was horrible. So yeah. this was like peak. And, you know, he's been trying to emulate the same thing ever since. Like, Bruno was essentially the same concept and then his new show on hbo was essentially the same concept you know this yeah. is america or whatever it was called so he's been trying to capture that same kind of thing because it was so it was such a cultural hit uh, mm-hmm. that yeah bobby i recommend watching it again as an adult because you when that came out you were like june like a freshman something like that so I, I don't think i saw it until a few years after it came out so i didn't even see it right away either i just yeah. i i think maybe it was the fact that i didn't see it and i heard all these people quoting it for years and maybe. then you know Maybe it probably it might have ruined some of the punch from just I mean, seeing him actually do it. Could be, but I recommend watching it again, and you can probably make a drinking game out of it, which would make it even funner. What's um, funny too is that even though it's overplayed, we still quote it today, or at least I think I do. Even yeah. though I didn't like the movie, well, there's a lot of hilarious scenes. You're never gonna get this. That's you're like, never we, gonna get this. <laughs> we say yeah, it all the time. The one, yeah. And like, I bet you there's people who hear that shit and don't even know really what it's from, but they know yeah. the saying, which is which is uh, significant in my opinion. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, our number fours. Um, let's start with you, Bobby. What do you got? All right. I've got five syllables for you. Dare it, Zoolander. Like, this movie, the first time I saw it, just, it, it like, it became instantly one of my very favorite movies of any genre. Uh, ben Stiller and Owen Wilson together, like, their their chemistry in this movie is off the charts. They The two of them going back and forth on each other, or just off each other with their jokes, is just incredible. Like they they've tried to recapture some of that magic in other movies since then together, but they'll never beat this movie for what they did. Uh, then I've I've argued it before. Um, I think this is Will Ferrell's best movie, so I think like this is his best movie, which I know you guys have uh, argued with me on that. But uh, it's just I think everybody does an A plus job in this movie. Uh, you have like the dumbest possible character uh, in Zoolander. He's a male model, and he's friends with idiot male models. <laughs> he's absolutely right uh and you just have uh like you have him like going through his journey figuring him like figuring himself out trying to get out of modeling and he wants to be a, a minor with his brothers and his dad and like he's just so out of place there like the montage of him working it's uh set to working for the weekend the song and it's just like he's doing all the dumbest shit possible like he's got a pickaxe and he accidentally throws it and hits somebody in the head and then, like, he comes out of it and he goes, I think I got the black lung pop. <laughs> he's like, it's been one day. <laughs> it's it, it's just such such a funny movie. Um, and then you, like, uh, my, my favorite scene is actually with, I think it was J.P. Pruitt. He's the hand model. He's he's telling David, uh, da- yeah. Yeah, David Duchovny. And he's telling him uh, about, like, the, the conspiracy going on. And then right after he wraps up telling him everything, he's Derek's like, but why male models? <laughs> he's like exactly are you, why are you freaking serious I, 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 just I just told you, you. idiot <laughs> I love how he has his hand in like a, a like a bio a glass like case. a glass case yeah exactly like an oxygen rich environment and yeah. then Derek steps on it you're like oh, <laughs> you a freaking idiot 
I think what you're talking about when he comes out of the cave there in the bar, I think it's just hilarious that, you know, his, it's uh, his brother's, it's, um, oh man, it's Vince Vaughn is one of his brothers. Yeah, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I don't and know then, And John Voight is his dad. I and mean, they yeah, all have the same, the same exact hair. hair. I don't remember the other guy, but it was just hilarious. And then, yeah. then John Voight just was hilarious as that. He's like, you think I like seeing my son on TV with his wiener hanging out? <laughs> <laughs> it is hilarious. Well, the, the funny thing about that scene too is that like one of Derek's ads comes on TV. Yeah. He's like a, a mermaid and it's like, super effeminate and they're like doing the manliest job ever so they're just like so ashamed and they're all in their bar their local bar exactly. so everyone is seeing it's it super embarrassing yeah. man. one of the most notable things about the movie to me is just, is like owen wilson's chemistry with ben stiller uh um, yeah it's so freaking good hansel is great and the walk-off scene is is probably a highlight of the film in my opinion david bowie is the judge all the cameos yeah. disqualified there yeah, yeah billy like zane Tay Diggs, billy zane shut it zane yeah. it's a walk-off really zane. He's it's a, a cool walk-off um, yeah it's a classic uh, I will say though I do have a better Ben Stiller movie on my list coming up um, so I wonder if you guys know what I'm talking about I think uh, I we'll do. get there um, alright Jay what about you what's your number four number four is Wedding Crashers um, I love you know you've got Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson I mean they're just great together they the I don't know if they, they were anything before this, but I mean, this movie, their chemistry just clicks and, you know, they just play off each other and it's just amazing. It was almost like it wasn't written. Like they just, you know, Vince Vaughn, he's just a fast talking yeah. and Owen Wilson is kind of like, you know, the opposite. He's like slow and he's like methodic, whoa, whoa, whoa. but he, he's got this cadence where he, and like, he's yeah. just delivering lines where it's yeah. almost like it seems ad-libbed, but it's it seems written at the same time because he doesn't like trip over his words at all or anything like that. No, he doesn't. Like Vince yeah. Vaughn is just like rattling off thoughts and uh, yeah, yeah. And it's like Owen... everything he says is like almost mad libbed. You think you know, yeah. Like how well, same with Owen Wilson. But the thing about Owen Wilson is it it seems like he wrote it down yeah. himself. Like he made it up himself, wrote it down, memorized it. But I don't think that's what's happening. I think he's literally ad libbing all that stuff. Like yeah. when he's talking <laughs> about being you know cowboys from texas you know you're yeah. trying to throw a hail mary in the first quarter man i want to be a cowboy from texas or a yeah. Yeah. You know, maple farmer or whatever whatever the line is so, from vermont yeah from vermont it's so good um, and just, yeah hilarious too and bradley cooper he plays this tough guy and he's like you know bradley cooper he's not a huge dude and you kind of just douchey jock and it just yeah hurts this him, like every first, chance you can get and he's hurting a guy role, like right? vince vaughn yeah. I so. oh i know right vince vaughn's vaughn is six something and bradley cooper's <laughs> taking out vince vaughn it's kind of like oh okay but it's still hilarious <laughs> at the same time and then christopher walken as the senator and then just every every actor in here just did a so great good. job it's so yeah one of my favorite scenes involves christopher walken it's like when uh when his son ties up uh ties him up Actually, no, no. I think uh, he grabs the, the ropes. And he I love Fisher. Exactly. Like he's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> he just doesn't even doesn't even say anything about it. But uh, that's such a funny movie. Christopher Walken. I just love his delivery of like every line he does in that movie. He's like not even like like the fifth funniest character in the movie. But I just love him in that movie. No, yeah, it's the the cast is just really good and and uh, uh, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn really do carry it. I think. Uh, well, obviously they're the main characters, but it's like for whatever reason they just work so well off of each other. Um, it's and one of the funniest things about it, and I actually watched this the other day. Uh, Owen Wilson's character is mo- he's actually the main character, and I think so. And Vince yeah. Vaughn is very much supporting. But it's so funny to me that they both go with the same goal, and Vince Vaughn is the one who actually convinces Owen Wilson to like do it, or he's like more excited about you know doing the wedding crashers thing again. Um, 
And then the whole time, Vince Vaughn's character is just getting fucked over. The whole yeah, he's like, time. let's go. I want to get out of here. Let's leave. Yeah, he I'm, in the, to... I'm in the trench taking grenades for you. Exactly. He's like, I'm up on the front lines. Um, he's he's basically taking all the bullets and Owen Wilson's character is like going through all the, you know, all the tricks and moves to try and get with Rachel McAdams. And um, it's just like none of it's working out, but everything that fails screws over Vince Vaughn's character. It's just really, really funny. <laughs> Um, classic movie. This was only, this was gonna be my number five, um, but I you know for whatever reason I just made the decision to put Borat on here. But I love. I can't movie. believe it's not higher on your list. Like I I would have uh, figured not, it would have been my like list at all. number two. I do have a better Bradley Cooper movie on my list though. Let's see if anybody can guess what that might be. <laughs> I put it in the comments. I know it. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> all right, yeah, Thomas, if you're out there, put it on, put in the comments on what Bradley Cooper movie I'm referring to, and it's not American Sniper. That movie's sad. I promise. Um, okay, so <laughs> my my number four um, is Forty Year Old Virgin. Oh yeah, this movie kind of was. I think this kind of kicked off the style of the uh, the two thousands in terms of what comedies became. Um, and I can't really put my finger on what that actually means. It's just that when you watch any of these movies, they kind of had that have that same feel, and they feel really like smart, like they're clever, and they're not too like uh, they're not too Family Guy. They're not too brash. In how they deliver punchlines, it's very much like, you know, something that you have to really pay attention to pick up a lot of the jokes. Um, this movie launched Steve Carell's career as, you know, a movie actor. Um, before this, he was on The Daily Show. Um, he has since evolved into being incredibly well-rounded, and I'm actually a very big fan of his. But this movie showed us how funny he can actually be in a movie situation. Also, a really great cast. You got Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, um, uh, like I said, um, Steve Carell. Um, you have like a really endearing love story where it's a guy who's just never really ran into the right person and was never able to really fall in love and sort of got in his own head about it. Never, never wanted to put himself out there again. And it's about him breaking out of that shell and really, uh, um, really putting himself out there for rejection. So it's like, it's crude, but also almost heartwarming. So I, I highly recommend this movie and it was really tough putting it this low, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you say it was like one of the things that set the tone for this decade. I mean, it's Judd Apatow. So, I mean, obviously, I feel like this decade was Judd Apatow's decade. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All his, all his big works and the funny things actually came out. And he just dominates this whole, you know, that that whole 10 years. I actually it's... made a conscious, a conscious effort to not put a lot of Judd Apatow movies on my list. There's a <laughs> bunch in my honorable mentions that I'll get to. But, um, yeah, yeah, for that exact reason, he was just dominant, prolific. Yeah. I think it's interesting you brought up like the the tone of the movies shifted once this movie came out. Like you know, a lot of the movies like from the early two thousands are still like really stupid, have a lot of dumb laughs in them. These have dumb moments, but it's a little bit less dumb. I don't, I don't really know how to how to say that in a better way, but it, it, it definitely it feels like a little bit of a more of a smart humor type situation well, for a lot of these jokes. I think that th- these movies, especially in at our, our age group, because we're sort of growing up, becoming more adults more mature when these movies are coming out so i feel like they they sort of grow up with you um Mm -hmm. we're like because there's a lot of stupid humor so like there's there's dumb stuff and there's crude stuff and like they're calling each other gay and all that crap that we used to always do back then before it became insensitive (laughs) (laughs) well it was back then but before we realized it um and but then it like deals with more adult themes and stuff like that like you know dating someone who already has a kid and all this stuff like it was Mm -hmm. it was interesting so i think it was like the perfect time in our uh, you know, maturing stage. Um, and they sort of replicated that or um, they were relatable in that way. Um, yeah. 
so yeah it's it's one of those movies that i think was an instant classic i saw it multiple times in in theaters um laughed all the times so all i have to say is how many pots have you smoking (laughs) (laughs) classic classic movie i don't know how many times have you gone to the bathroom in your life hope you have a big trunk I'll put my bike in it. <laughs> I think also too is what made this movie so relatable is that also like you know like you said they, they're calling each other names. They 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 were obviously real friends and that's how we talk to each other in real life. You know, exactly. poking and jabbing and making fun of each other even though you know at the very bottom of it you know we're all like you know best friends we do anything for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, and it was like it was almost like real life. You know, it's like a real life situation. It's real life problems and it's just real life humor. I mean, even though people probably don't want to admit that they joke about that kind of stuff. I mean, but when they're alone, just them, obviously they are going to. Well, mm-hmm. and not only that, just to kind of branch out on the more relatable parts is like, you know, Steve Carell's character is a freaking nerd, right? And so yeah. being a part of Nerdwave podcast, we we can relate to that. Yeah, I don't have yeah. quite as many toys as he does, but I've got some toys that are unopened. I've got some, <laughs> some crap that, you know, for display pieces, all the stuff, memorabilia. So I totally get it. But one thing's for sure, when I bring girls home, when I bring girl home, um, <laughs> <laughs> they never they never care. I don't care about like hiding that shit. So uh, that's the one say, difference. Would you sell your collection for a, for a woman? Hell no. <laughs> it's my stuff. Yeah. So all right. So yeah, I guess that, wrap, that wraps up our number fours. Um, Jay, why don't you take away number three? Get into the nitty gritty halfway point. Number three is where we start the big hitters right here, guys. Anchorman, number three for me. I know Bobby's going to disagree. This movie's a little played out for him. <laughs> but this no, is, it doesn't this hold movie, up. It doesn't that hold was, up. That's his I do have quote. to admit, I do have to admit, the first time I saw this movie, I thought it was the dumbest thing, and I didn't like it. I had to watch it two or three more times. Yeah, two or three times, and it, it grew on me like like the gnarliest wart. I love this movie. Uh, <laughs> it would they not should go put that away. on the DVD box. Yeah, grows on you like a gnarly wart. Chase over um, heels, nerd that's high. That's high praise, yeah. right there. Um, but this movie is just like one of the most quotable movies ever, and I mean, it's just completely, um, completely not politically correct too. At the same time, it's almost funny. Like we talk about all these movies in the last, you know, even in the last twenty years, like political correctness is completely taken over and kind of ruining humor, um, or like destroying it. But this movie, you know, didn't care sure. about it. You know, um, the whole cast, the, the whole ensemble. I mean, you have. You know, even the, the the Vince Vaughn was in this one again. Ben Stiller, mm-hmm. Owen Wilson was Owen Wilson this one. I don't oh, think no, he had a Luke Wilson was. Luke Wilson. No, Luke Wilson was in this. There was a Wilson in it, and just you know, <laughs> Christina Applegate, and then you know, you... oh, she's she's phenomenal. I, I I'd seen her on uh, you know uh, Married with Children, but I didn't realize that she she was actually this funny. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah she's in anything she's else. Really good. Yep. Yeah. And then you know, you get you know his whole crew. Everything's hilarious, and it's like. It's, it's, they take the stupidity and just push it to the very edge, almost to like where you're like, all right, that's really dumb, but it's still super hilarious. Yeah, this this movie, it's not in my top five, spoiler alert, but it is in my honorable mention, so I just want to comment on that. Um, it's it's incredibly hilarious. I still think it holds up. But one of the things that about this movie is when we talked about how like Apatow sort of took over the rest of this decade. So this movie came out in 2003, I believe, right? Yeah, uh, I think so. Cordial Virgin was 2004. So this was almost like the last of a of a style of comedy that doesn't really exist anymore, um, yeah. like like Zoolander, where it's like this w- weird concept. It's super like not believable, um, and then it like it turned into more real situations 
um, with Apatow style. So it's like a real life thing that could really happen. Like Anchorman knocked up. Yeah, exactly. Those yeah. those style movies, style of movies. So yeah. um, this was like for me the last of a dying breed that actually hit. That was actually hilarious, um, extremely quotable, and everybody's good in it. Paul Rudd's freaking good in it again. Steve yeah. Carell. Oh, this was Steve Carell's first big role. Um, he's he's hilarious in this freaking movie. Yeah, he's so, oh, yeah. such it's just an idiot. Not, not a it's just not a starring role where like like he got in Four Year Virgin. Exactly. He definitely was great. But he was in, in it a, a lot. Role of brick. And the, one of the funniest things is the opening scene where they're all introducing each other or themselves, <laughs> and Brick's like, "Like I'm Brick Tamlin, I'm the weatherman," and then he's like, "Years later, I will, <laughs> I will be diagnosed as retarded or something like that because yeah. he has like a ninety IQ." Yeah. It was like but a sixty, like, I think. Yeah, it's so funny though because just like years later, like he's giving his epilogue <laughs> at the beginning so... of the movie, so and too, it's like he's like, and he becomes like, I become a, a, a he becomes like a senator or something like no, that. No, he becomes yeah. an advisor to President George W. Bush. <laughs> And at the moment, I think he's putting butter or like he's putting mayonnaise, 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 in a toaster. In a toaster. Yeah, classic, love this movie. That that's a great opening to the movie for sure. Like I said, like it, it's it's really funny. It just I think like it started out at such a high level for me that each watch, it just you know it takes a little bit off. Like the some movies will just do that for me. This one, it's just like some of the best scenes aren't as shiny as they used to be. I think the only scene that I still find as hilarious as when I first saw it is the uh, the Anchorman fighting scene. Yeah. Like, it's just pure insanity. And they have got all... Como están, bitches? You got yeah. ben, Stiller ben Stiller coming in. You've just you got uh, Luke Wilson coming in. He gets his arm chopped off at one point. <laughs> He's and like, it, oh, come on. And it spawned and an incredible, incredible meme. Yeah. That escalated quickly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. It's, it's definitely a cultural, uh, a cultural milestone, I think, just through, like, memes and just memories of all that stuff. It's definitely a great movie. I... I would put it in my top ten. It's just I wouldn't. I don't have it in my top five. I still, I still think it's very hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I don't have it in my in my top five. I labored on that, um, but it is an honorable mention. So at least it got there to run around. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, Jason, don't feel so bad. Feel you didn't write the movie after all. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't first, you're last. That's a different movie. Is that on your list? Oh, no. spoilers! All right, Bobby, what's your number three? All right, my number three is uh, I went with uh, another Paul Rudd movie here. I went with I Love You, Ma'am. Uh, Paul Rudd, Jason Segel. Uh, then awesome. you've also got another uh, Jamie Presley movie. You know, I, there's a trend here. Yeah. This is the end of the trend. <laughs> you, this is top five Jamie Presley movies. <laughs> I so actually there's probably only There's like, like three. I and then you a just, third. I just don't. <laughs> but she's only been in like three movies, so you have to do some episodes of uh, My Name is Earl. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, this movie also oh, in another uh, as a supporting character, you also have uh, Andy Samberg, who I think whenever he's in the movie, he he does a, a phenomenal job. He's you know he's just so likable and funny. Yeah, um, he's great. But then like I think this movie's great because you have Paul Rudd. Like he doesn't really have a lot of friends, and then like he meets Jason Segel's character, and they just click, and you just see it's it's probably one of the best bromance movies there is. I don't yeah. know how many there are in that to, that genre. Pretty much the only bromance movie, I think. I mean, I, I would call like buddy cop movies. You could you could call those uh, bromance. Those are buddy cop, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm not sure of the difference really, but like the point is like Paul. I mean, Paul Rudd is the most likable person on the planet. Uh, like, how could you not like him? And then Jason Segel, like this is like around his peak. He was just so good in this movie with Paul Rudd. Yeah. It's just two best like two guys becoming best friends and then going through some hardships and. I don't know. I, I could just really just feel 
the friendship between these two guys and like the the platonic love and like I just I really like just with my friendships with you guys like I I felt like I was watching some of the stupid shit that we do on the big screen you know <laughs> it's I, I really connected to it. it it's just every time I watch it I just have like this warm feeling when I watch it it's it's so stupid sounding but that's that's how I feel yeah it's very it's very grounded and uh this is a movie that has a, an Apatow style but isn't actually done by him so it would be, you know, it's just the cast, it's the cast, the, you know, they're all Apatow alumni. Yeah. But it's also very much, it has the same like air of that style. Yeah. The director was John Hamburg. Um, and oh. it wasn't even done by Apatow's production company, but oh. it just, it very, it feels like that kind of movie. And I like, like I was saying, basically the trend for this, uh, this decade is that type of style where it's, yeah, it's real. You can imagine being in that situation of, uh, you know, not having a ton of male friends because you've always, you know, dove into your relationship yeah what's great um, about this one too is that like you know they just starting a relationship but they go through all the growing pains of relationships so fast mm-hmm. you know because it's happened so quickly and then they just dive right in and so it's like all this stuff is happening super quick but at the end they're you know they're still best friends and mm-hmm. they survive it survives at the end and they just got the love for each other it's just great hilarious and all the things that they they say you know he gets his tongue tied saying stupid as shit latris on the men later joven (laughs) yeah Uh, like doesn't mean anything yeah it's it's pretty cool like seeing their their paths you know in their lives like where they go like paul red's character never had friends because he never really invested time in it but uh jason siegel's character was always charismatic and had a big group of friends but they're moving on with their Mm -hmm. lives and starting their families and he's kind of getting left behind so there's that there's almost like that bond that starts from being in a in a vulnerable position, and uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. And you know, Jason Siegel's character is really cool. Like he seems cool, and he's like independent, self sufficient, and all that. And uh, he just kind of takes Paul Rudd's character under the wing, under his wing, and it's like really, uh, it's really cool. And I I saw this movie a shitload of times in the theaters too. Like these, all these movies were. I paid so much money watching these, oh, all these movies because they're just never so good. again. And now this movie's always on USA or TBS or whatever, and like, still funny. I'll, wa- I'll watch them on there all the time. Uh, really good. Um, anybody else have anything to say about that one? It's great. It's just a great movie. Just, it is, I, I yeah. love watching that movie. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It's a romantic comedy between two straight dudes. dudes. So that's <laughs> it's interesting. Um, so my my movie, my number three, uh, I think was pretty innovative uh i can't think of another movie um that came out before this that really had this same kind of style um i could be wrong let me know um but definitely after this movie came out there was one that was almost exactly the same and my number three is the hangover is it the sequel by the way yes (laughs) (laughs) the hangover is so good they made it twice um so and the second one wasn't as good unfortunately because it was literally the exact movie and uh yeah all the jokes didn't really hey it was in thailand though that's true that's true so anybody who hasn't seen this which i don't know what you're waiting for it's hilarious um it's about a group of guys who go to vegas on a bachelor party and one of them goes missing and none of them can remember the night before because they're all hungover and basically it's them retracing their steps trying to find out where their friend is and it's it's really hilarious because it's almost like a mystery movie or like a detective movie with a bunch of idiots who were too drunk to remember the <laughs> night before um and there's so many iconic moments in this too like just the fact that mike tyson's in it um you know punches ed helms you got a tiger in the hotel room the trashed hotel room um 
so many great lines from Zach Galifianakis. He's so he's so funny in this movie that every other part he ever played was basically this character. Um, feel bad for him because he got typecasted so hard. I know he but, was so good at, in that role that nobody would let him play anything else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, then you have Bradley Cooper. This was the movie I was referring to when we talked about Wedding Crashers. Um, obviously a much bigger role, and he is basically like the leader of this group. Um, you have uh, Zach Galifianakis' character is this lovable idiot, and then Ed Helms is like this panicky dude who like can't just relax. Um, so that, that whole mix of characters just work so well together because you got the cool headed guy who's like making sure everyone stays on point. But even, but when he loses it and he's like starting to freak yeah. out, that makes it really funny. Um, <laughs> Ken Jong is great in it. Um, yeah. Bunch of, bunch of really cool like side characters and stuff in this movie. Um, yeah. Highly recommended. I think it's like, it's great. Cause you were talking about like how it was like influential in like future movies a little bit. I think a lot of TV shows at one point or another have mimicked that style of an episode where they like I know Psych was uh, had a really good episode about that towards the end of its run. It just you know it, it's a really interesting uh, format to use, and yeah. it, like as many times as I've seen it, I I have not tired of it yet. It's um, like it's, it's like just, the it's Matrix. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Matrix had its iconic imagery, and everyone tried to ape it, and yeah. that's what lots of people did with this movie. Like uh, you said, this movie is so innovative. Like when you you first time you saw it, you've never seen anything like it, mm-hmm. and it's just it's. Just, I don't know, I, it's so outlandish. It just takes everything to the next level. I tried to think of other movies that came before this. Um, I didn't think very hard, but I, I did try. <laughs> I thought for like a solid 30 seconds, I was like, did anybody else do this before this? Um, and it's just really, it was really cool. I, I liked it. It was had a great premise and they, they freaking nailed it. And it's a, it was an instant classic as well. You know, uh, just like 40 year old virgin was, it was so, it was so good and it was so successful. Um, yeah. I'm not sure that there's any mo- real movies that can top it like that, you know, yeah, um, I don't know. Besides the other well, two on my list. <laughs> well, I mean, I think one one movie that as in a later, later decade that did it pretty well, same type of thing was, uh, but you had time travel in it too. Was Hot Tub Time Machine? Mm. Oh, it was pretty successful in using that kind of formula. True, that was a little bit different in in the sense that they had to figure out why, you know, they had to figure out why they were all in the position they were in present yeah. day, rather than the other way around where they had to find yeah. a lost soul and they couldn't remember. But you yeah, still have same the kind blackout. Of you have the blackout. You have the the things happening while you're blacked out. Exactly. And then you have trying to fix the blackout. Yeah, yeah. And I think I mean, I think you brought that movie up on the last episode, and uh, yeah, I regretted not having that in my top five because that's a really good movie, despite John Cusack. Hey, he was actually pretty good in that movie, wasn't he? Moving on. What's uh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't want to admit it. <laughs> What's your number two, Jay? My number two is Step Brothers. Uh, you know, we had to get some another Will Ferrell movie in there, but also um, had to. John C. Riley. John C. Riley just I don't know something about his comedy style. It's just it's just hilarious. You know, I loved him in all his comedies. Uh, Walk Hard, uh, Talladega Nights, as mentioned before. Um, you know, they make a good team, except for you know in Holmes and Watson. That was oh god. god. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's another super quotable movie. You know, you have these super immature adult men. You know, forty year old men that are acting like they're you know in their late teens early teens even and you know they still live with their their mom and dad and you know they're still treated they don't have jobs they just sit around the house all day do whatever they want just playing video games having fun playing drums and you know and they, they just see each other as um at first they see each other as uh, enemies you know almost as adversaries you know trying to compete for the the, the um oh wow <laughs> for the approval of their parents and and you know and then end in the end 
in the middle, I guess, obviously, they, they end up deciding they're pretty much the same and become best friends. And it's just hilarious. Just the, the path to becoming best friends and then everything they do as best friends. Yeah. And then they're kind of forced to grow up and, you know, they're you know, they're faking being grown up, you know, because deep down they're still those same guys. They're and basically so they're just playing. like, they're going on 50 and they're millennials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah. This I've been I've gone on record as saying that I don't love this movie. Um it for some reason just didn't click with me. I don't know why. I think it's partly seeing um an adult act like a child for, you know, <laughs> 2 hours. I think it's um, what you were talking about. It's not realistic. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's Will Ferrell's brand. Well, yeah, completely. it was Will Ferrell and it's Will, you know, Will Ferrell to a T. Bring that yeah. formula back a little later on in the decade. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Even though so, that style had, you know, died i think this is it's final you know iteration of what they can do with that yeah yeah because even other guys which came after was more realistic you know yeah well uh, so like for this movie like i I think there's a lot of really good scenes but i think my favorite scene i I don't remember exactly what started the scene because i haven't seen in a couple years but it leads to um will ferrell's character trying to bury yeah. Uh, John C. Riley's character is like, what are you doing? It's like I'm casino. It's like yeah. casino. <laughs> Horrifying scene. That no one's going to miss you. <laughs> <laughs> that Quiet! scene is funny. You're waking the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good scene. That did yeah. legitimately make me laugh. Yeah. That was funny. There's always the, the one most quotable scene. And I don't know. I think just now the most quotable lately. Because whenever time someone says there's something wrong, you know, you go, you know, it's good for that. <laughs> If you lick my bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just, I don't know. Between our group of friends, I think we do that a lot. Or it's just me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've said that, but I have seen you say it. It's been said to me a lot and in many different contexts. Contexts. <laughs> Any ways? I think I just recently yeah. said, you're like, I have a sore throat. I'm like, you know what's good for that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. That's good. All right, Bobby, what's your number two? All right, so this one, I think this is more of uh, more of a personal favorite than a universal favorite, or th- you know. But I uh, this movie, like, I I think I watched it probably a few years after it came out, but I've watched it so many times since because it's so damn good. It's uh, Super Troopers. It has it's a cult movie. It's by the Broken Lizards crew. They've uh, they've got a handful of really good funny movies, but they're not universally known. Um, I think recently the last few years they finally got some recognition which is why they got super troopers 2 out there but for a long time a lot of people hadn't seen this movie and it's basically just a bunch of idiots that are that became friends and are cops and work in the same station it's like if if, you know all of us worked in a police station it's kind of the same you know hijinks and shenanigans that we would all get into oh we'd all be dead (laughs) because bobby would have killed us with a misfire from his pistol (laughs) Damn well, it, I'm, who's Farva? Uh, I'm, I'll, I'm probably gonna be saddled with Farva, but I don't want to. <laughs> well, but, but you're not like an asshole. No, you're like not he's... Farva. You're Rabbit. No, you're not Rabbit. You're um, what's the? You're Mac. No, not Mac. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're anyone. Who's the redheaded guy? Oh, <laughs> uh, I like a the one that uh, didn't have a mustache. <laughs> the, like the movie's just so funny. It's just basically it's the story of them. Like they're underfunded and like they're close to being shut down. And it's the story of them trying to catch a big drug dealer and try and stay open. And, like, they're doing a bunch of stupid shit, like, in the meantime. Uh, like, it's, like, uh, there's a scene where they go into, uh, I don't remember, Paunchburger, I think it was. And uh, they go to just get some food. And they're just they're just sitting there, Dimpest like, Burger. Dimpest oh, Dimpest Burger. 
<laughs> and they're just sitting there like uh, shooting the shit, talking about what they would do if they won a uh, million dollars. And then uh, so one of the people who works there fucked with Farva's drink. And then he just goes wild on him because like it spills on him and he just goes wild. And then all of a sudden it flashes to um, like footage of like him trying to beat down the kid that yeah, works in the, the store. CCTV footage. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just so funny. The captain's just sitting there just like, you can see him just watching silently, but looking over at, uh, at Farva every few seconds. It's just so fucking good. All right. So I know I'm going to get hate for this one too. Uh, um, I do not like this movie at all. <laughs> I don't think it's funny at all. I thought it was boring. I thought it was incredibly dated. Um, And I don't know. I guess I just don't like the Broken Lizard style because I don't really like um, the other Beer Fest. uh, And Club Dread. Club Dread. Club Dread's horrible. Um, (laughs) They're fun to watch, though. No, they're all... They're stupid. Um, But in other properties that they've been on, like, they have the show on... uh, On... Or... uh, one of the a true TV, true TV, yeah. It's, that's actually kind of funny. Jimmy Tatro, I just saw, uh, I saw him in one of the episodes. I don't know if he's like a he's, regular, but yeah, like, that's he's, pretty he's exciting. I, I've I only seen a few episodes. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I imagine Jay, this isn't on your list at all. No, it was an honorable mention, but it's not on my okay. list. All right. Um, okay. So sorry, Bobby. Sorry to burst your bubble, but your taste sucks. Um, <laughs> let's go, let's talk about a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Bobby. Giving you a hard time. Um, but back when you were talking about uh, Zoolander, I mentioned that I have a better Ben Stiller movie. Um, Tropic Thunder is my number two. Tropic oh. Thunder was, you know, it, this movie, and I'm, and I'm using this word a lot, uh, clever. This movie was, um, it was so creative in its style, like having yeah. a Stallone-type action star who is uh, who's washed up, who's not as successful as he used to be, trying to kind of reinvent himself, um, teaming up with other famous um famous actors you know getting big names like robert downey jr's character who's like kind of the daniel day lewis of this universe where he's just a great actor um doesn't really do blockbusters and he's like joining on board and then you got a rapper uh, then you got like the young teen guy and you know jay Barry jack Charles black and jack, yeah jack black the uh yeah, the comedian pretty much the white eddie murphy yeah the white eddie murphy. um so it was really really funny like seeing real life um tropes or like you know real life uh, archetypes of of actors being put in this role to all try and work together on this movie um and then the kicker of the story is the director played by steve coogan trying to make it more real because nothing's working in their in their filming and sending them out they're they're filming on location and they go out into the woods or like into the jungle to try and film this and there's like you know it's notorious area for uh drug trafficking and like these cartels and stuff and they just get all mixed up into that um but probably the most notable aspect of this movie is robert downey jr's performance yeah, as yeah. an australian guy or no is he new? no he's australian yeah he's, he's an australian. australian guy playing a black guy from the south <laughs> um blackface and everything i do not know how he got away with this but it works so good people were pissed but he got nominated for an, uh, an Oscar, didn't he? Yeah, I don't think people were pissed. There's oh, there's a lot no. of like black actors and stuff there on record saying like, yeah, that shit was hilarious, um, <laughs> and it was, and like, it, and it was so funny because his whole character is that he's he's method, so he like lives yeah. the character, and it's yeah. really really funny. And then there's another black character who's in it, who's he's a rapper who's trying to become an actor. Al Pacino. Al Pacino, yeah, is his rap name, and <laughs> he's just like. 
he's how I expected everyone to react to this freaking movie, like, you know, who would be offended. And he's just, like, challenging him on everything he's saying. Yeah. He's like, that's not how we talk, man. <laughs> it's, like, really What do you really mean, good. you people? What do yeah. you mean, What do you mean, you people? people? <laughs> um, yeah, so it's so good. And there's a lot of iconic lines in this one, too. Um, too, too many to really name. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a but, illusion. <laughs> what, yeah. what really throws Fuck the movie over the top is, is how well everyone played their characters. That's there's, what really takes this movie over the Yeah, top. there's not a bad performance in this movie. No, no. Not a bad performance. It's yeah. so good. And then, like, Jay Baruchel's character is pretty much, like, a regular uh, Jay dude. Jay Baruchel. He, it's just himself. He's a, oh, yeah, well, he's like us. It's funny. He's yeah. supposed to be like us. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what are we <laughs> looking at? But he's, like, smart and, like, resourceful. And he's part of the reason why they even survive. Yeah. Um, it's it's really, really good. And then, oh, another great thing I forgot to mention is Tom Cruise. Oh, that movie. was my mention. <laughs> yeah, as... Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Len, Len Grossman. Len Grossman. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like stereotypical asshole producer, like untouchable dude. Um, great. Great it's, about it's awesome. That. And he, and he was like not really. Like, yeah. Nobody knew he was going to be in this freaking movie. Nobody knew oh, that was oh. great. He was just like the surprise, like the surprise cameo of that was just great. When we and saw he, him in the theater, I'm like, what the is that? Tom yeah. Cruise? No one knew around. Like we're trying to figure it out. I think in the theater it was like, who is that? Tom Cruise. What yeah. The hell? Yeah. So good, so yeah, good. And then, and then you got um, Matthew McConaughey playing his uh, his, <laughs> his, <laughs> his agent, oh, who man. ends up having a heart of gold. Yeah, yep. Yep. I got you the Tiva. <laughs> that's that's he's funny that forest. that's the hill he's gonna die on. Yeah, <laughs> is like the freaking Tivo. Yeah. Who cares at that point? He already knows that they're in trouble, and he's like, <laughs> that's still his main main focus. It's really funny. He felt uh, bad for selling him out for the yeah. uh, the G six. Exactly. Yeah. And this is another one of those movies like we talked about, like yeah, you know, um, Robert Downey Jr. playing not being PC, but there's so much other not PC stuff in here, you know, like like Ben Stiller, um, what's, what's it, um, simple Tug uh, Speedman. Oh, <laughs> he plays his character. No, 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 no. About simple, simple Jack. Simple Jack. Yeah, Simple Jack. Me and you go, I would Jack. not fly. <laughs> I would not fly now. Stop! Stop! Stop hitting me! <laughs> I got the movies in my head and then like um, an, an interesting commentary on Hollywood in general with uh, uh, with Robert Downey Jr. saying like telling him like you never go full retard man like, yeah, they, like a Sean Penn. exactly it's like they have they have these conversations of like well I want to play this role that's going to like show my range but you know I don't want to like lose everybody and it's it's just really funny um Especially since like Rob Downey Jr. character Jr.'s character is like so offensive, yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's going over the line. Uh, but it just it just really works. It's, it was a bold a fucking movie. This I would say, and Ben Stiller's had a lot of good movies, but this I would say is his best movie, and a lot of that is because the cast is so damn good too. So, um, yeah, my number two. So before awesome. we move on to number one, did you do your number one? I didn't do my number did one, number but two? can I do my number one? No, not yet. I just want to say I'm amazed that none of us have had a duplicate yet. I, I think expecting... we're, we're about to have one for sure. But I yeah, I think so it. too. I I know what your number one is, Bobby, just based Do on you it. Know I know. My I think I know it's Jay's not our movie. movie. All right, we can start with with Jay, but just isn't that weird? It's isn't, so weird. Isn't that weird? Like, we have a duplicate? Number one. <laughs> number one. Tropic Thunder. Oh, so movie. close. <laughs> so close. You have great taste, though. I will oh, say. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm so happy it wasn't fucking Club Dread 
or something <laughs> stupid like something stupid like Super Troopers or something. <laughs> I know my movies are bad. I just still like watching. I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna get so much hate from Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already talked about this movie. This movie we could talk about it and beat it to the ground. Another one, another thing to mention is that this was at the height of Robert Downey Jr.'s comeback. Oh yeah, I think well, it was done right after Iron Man. Later. Yeah, 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 and uh, you know, so I mean, you, you're getting the best of you know Robert's performances, and he and to continue on. He's still going to be the greatest actor, one of the greatest actors of our generation. Except I don't know what he's done besides that movie and being Tony Stark. Like he tried the movie The Judge, I think. With um, that was pretty heartwarming. That was a heartfelt and touching movie. I heard, movie. That I heard was it was. Good. I haven't seen. Oh, it, I heard you it. haven't seen Sherlock Holmes, have you? Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I no, love okay. those movies. Those are good. Those are good. That's yeah. true. Those are good. Uh, yeah. He did another movie with Jamie Foxx where he kind of like the pianist. Oh. No, the, the, so not, the he's cellist. A, cellist. Yeah, um, I heard yeah. that was decent. Um, but yeah, he's he. That's why he wanted to leave Marvel. To be honest, is because because of stuff like that where yeah. people you know only remember him for that. But unfortunately, I saw his latest one and it wasn't really that good. Oh God, <laughs> that was uh, Doctor Doolittle. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He was whispering the whole movie. You know, this is weird. Irish accent. It was. I think it was just bad directing. Was trying to be uh, Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> just um, in a weirder. It would have been better if he was actually Sherlock Holmes as Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> yeah, that actually would have been pretty cool to hear or to yeah. see. Um, like going back to Tropic Thunder, though, one of my I think one of my favorite like subplots is how Jack Black's character is addicted to heroin. Yeah, and my like, jelly beans. <laughs> like, oh, hey, I love jelly beans. Can I have some? No, they're my fucking jelly beans. <laughs> I love how he's trying to convince Jay Baruchel's character to give him give him his drugs. Oh, he's so like, gross. He's like, oh, I'll guard your balls, man. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I look it up I and love... down. It's like super vulgar. Your mother's a cantankerous whore. I love when he, the bat steals his bag of heroin. And then <laughs> yeah. he catches it and he's like trying to suck the blood out of the bat to get the high still. And then <laughs> after after he's like going through his withdrawals or whatever and they're trying to get uh, Tug back from the, oh, like, yeah. the drug camp. And he's like pretending to be a prisoner. But then when he's like let go, when all hell breaks loose and they start shooting, he pulls out a gun from his ass. <laughs> it's like from his, his underwear. Yeah, there was nowhere for that gun to be, so it had to be in his butt. Um, so that was really funny. And he's just like, yeah. And uh, he's like all into it at that point. Uh, and he yeah. finds the mountain of heroin. Oh, yeah, and he's like, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. And then he gets like superpowers. <laughs> no, I don't think he does it. I think he just gives a rage and he ends up throwing it in all the enemies' faces. No, he. Oh, it's because he oh, farts. Oh, that's right. And he, he yeah, farts, yeah. and they start and they laughing. They laugh at him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he gets all offended. He, he, he doesn't want to be that guy well, that's, that's his, yeah, that's his shtick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> um, yeah, great. Great movie. Great choice, Jay. Great choice. Thank you. All right, Bobby. I think I know what, what this one's going to be. <laughs> Drum roll. Go. Super bad. Yeah. <laughs> Superbad's my number one, too. There was no way Kevin and I weren't going to both have this movie. (laughs) Yeah, this movie is iconic on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, Bobby. Tell us about it. So, like, so this movie came out the summer that I, uh, the summer that I was graduating. So it's like, I feel like it came out at the perfect time for me. Like, if if I graduated a few years before that or a few years after that, then I think I wouldn't have such a connection to this movie. But I feel like, like, that's how I would be. I'm Michael Sarah. I'm super awkward. I, I couldn't talk to I couldn't talk to girls in high school. Like I would walk faster to get away from them if they were walking with me, and like take a random turn just to get away from them because I'm that awkward. <laughs> you, if you were Michael Sarah, I was McLovin. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
10 30 what <laughs> told her what time I just it was. Walk away. i told her what time it was that was that'd be me i remember uh this is a big tangent but i remember just like um yeah, all jokingly just talking to my friends like if the girl did the most like uninteresting thing like take off her jacket i'd be like oh that girl's so into me she, she took off her jacket <laughs> you know like stupid shit like that obviously joking because i knew nobody was into me <laughs> but uh yeah same same thing it's like it's very much it's so relatable because we we were sort of those guys um where we were just sort of well for me in particular like kind of felt invisible or flew under the radar in high school and this Good was like that ended right after that huh <laughs> what being invisible <laughs> how so Oh. <laughs> uh, dang bobby way to pile on my complex um but yeah like then but same kind of thing it was almost like they were having their last hurrah they uh they were feeling like they weren't um they didn't have a really good time in high school and um i didn't have a bad time in high school but like it wasn't anything like you know the party scene or anything like that so this i never sort of to, like, i never went to parties like yeah. ever in school so. so living vicariously through them was was powerful and then not only that they're just it's just so funny there's so many good jokes um so many like things that they say they say in the movie that um is like something that we may have said you know like have you seen a vagina by itself not for me <laughs> it's just so good so good like just so many stupid things that like run through the mind of a 17 or an 18 year old guy that like and it's like it like you said it's the stuff that we said to each other but like if anybody was actually listening to us they'd be like what the fuck are you even talking about well how many conversations did we have uh bobby like where we would just be like if anybody was listening right now they would think we were fucking insane like we we literally said that multiple times so (laughs) just way too many and just jump Oh, sorry. I do have to give this movie about you know the life, the life of a teenage boy. Like it, I got that correct, and it was, there's a, a lot of funny things. The only reason this movie doesn't stick for me is obviously my dislike of Michael Sarah. I just I don't <laughs> understand it. I, I think he he's still really good because that was like right after he did Arrested Development, and um, he was still just he was a little bit more grown up. But I I think he fit like the awkward nerdy, like he was he was the Avatar. The, he was the, obviously he was perfect for the role. Too. He was perfect for the role. I'm just maybe yeah. it was t- too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's so good in the movie. I think he's the best part of the movie. Uh, well, you know, he looks like Jimmy's brother, just yeah. like Jimmy's brother. <laughs> yep, uh, that's that's a really good scene. I love I love repeating that. Um, and then later on, the payoff to that scene is when they're at the party, and they're at this party basically because Seth Rogen's character. I mean, uh. Jonah Hill's character gets run over by this guy <laughs> and they're trying to blackmail him for money so that they could buy beer because they think McLovin's getting arrested. So like, shit, what are we going to do? How are we going to get beer now? Because that was basically their job um, when, you know, for the party. And then so, uh, so they go to this party and they're like, we're because the, the guy's like, I can get you alcohol. It's fine. And they go to the party and they get separated. And then Michael Sarah ends up in this room with like a bunch of guys and they're like going to start doing, doing drugs and stuff. Yeah, doing coke. <laughs> and then one of them says, Hey, aren't you Jimmy's brother? And like, <laughs> as a, you know, building on that scene. Um, and then like they make him sing because they heard that Jimmy's brother has a great voice. So he sings a song and it's a really funny scene. And they're all digging it, even though it's not good. <laughs> it's funny. He's like, Hey, my cousin's out here all the way from Phoenix. Sing for my cousin. <laughs> yeah, like totally like they're in, it's like almost a threat because they're like you're not gonna sing for my cousin and then uh so then later on 
the third payoff to the joke is that there there's a fight that breaks out and there's this big old fat guy who like falls on Michael Sarah's character and they're like hold him Jimmy's brother and they just start beating the crap out of the big fat guy and it's just so it's so funny it's like almost a throwaway line like you look just like Jimmy's brother that ends up having multiple payoffs it's it's really funny and it's not like super in your face humor as usual this you know the Judd Apatow brand you know you have to kind of like I think you have to have a little bit better or a little bit more of a sense of humor to get these movies. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Explains why Jay doesn't. Got him. Got I'm him. old and crotchety, and I don't think things are funny. <laughs> Jay's walking away. Oh, you no. heard it. You heard it here first. <laughs> Jay's old crotchety and doesn't think things are funny. <laughs> um, yeah. What else can we say about this movie? I, I think it's. I think it's at least the best comedy of this uh, of the century. I mean, even this millennia, you know? <laughs> a little early to say that. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> hey, but it's still accurate. Uh, it's just, I think it, it, this movie, unlike unlike Anchorman, I think the, the, uh, the comedy holds up. You know, yeah. it's just, I still remember exactly what it's like to be in high school and to want to, you know, get out and to want to do more things. And just like all these things still, you know, uh, it, it just, it's, it's what I would have done if I had um, anybody to, to go to a party to for like the last you know night of the year something like that you know i, I yeah. never even had that opportunity so well and like like i said this style of comedy was basically what defined this generation of movies uh because of the realism because of the re- relatability um, they just do that so well where you're just like oh yeah i can imagine being in this situation you can't imagine being fucking ron burgundy and <laughs> so like that style just sort of died out and i think that shows and like box office numbers for movies that are made by Will Ferrell nowadays, you know, yeah. like they just don't, they just don't work because it's a, it's a style that's, it's just silly, pretty much dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I can appreciate them to a, to a point, but they're not movies that make me just super laugh out loud anymore. Uh, because we, we matured and we've grown past that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> did we even talk about Seth Rogen and Bill Hader? It, like as the cops in this movie, yeah, those were my favorite didn't. part of that was my favorite part of it. Oh, they shit, were... it's the cops. They were just incredible. Like when they when they were questioning um, a convenience store worker about a robbery, and they're just being absolutely insane about it, and they're just giving her crap for no reason. And it's but it's completely hilarious. She's like I can't and do I, this. I got a test. Oh, and they're like, oh, you think she got a test tomorrow? <laughs> uh, yeah, really, really good. Yeah, they were really funny in it too. As a, and McLovin is sort of like the um like the unexpected star of the movie or like you know yeah. he got a lot of praise after that movie because that character was so funny and uh and obviously the name nobody knows the real character's name do you it's just mclovin uh, he's, he's mclovin yeah I, but there was always it. that that he's guy me. in school too that was like the same kind of guy the super nerdy guy the awkward guy that Kevin everybody Kevin? you know <laughs> sausage yeah <laughs> you know even the jocks loved him and he just, everyone just thought he was great yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so yeah that that wraps up our top five um i think we each have a few honorable mentions we want to talk about um let's try and rattle them off kind of quick because we're going over time um but bobby why don't you start what are some movies you wanted to uh mention i've got like 15 movies written down here uh but like i've got like dodgeball used to be my favorite movie let's see uh, how many that, we we agree on jay do you yeah. have a list okay i have a list so dodgeball we all three okay, so I'll, I'll, do, I'll do three then uh i've got forgetting sarah marshall which i thought Same one here. of you guys would have on here Love and then movie. If I were to pick a, a third one, I'd probably go. I'd probably go. Let's say Talladega Nights, because that movie is still a very. It's stupid, but still very funny. I think it's better than uh, Step Brothers. Again, Agreed. Will Ferrell and John John C. Riley. Yeah, 
that I think that's the last movie that was like really laugh out loud from from yeah. Farrell in my opinion. Um, but I didn't have that on my list not because I didn't like it, but it was an oversight. Um, did you have that one, Jay? It was an oversight. I thought about it for a second and then I forgot to write it down because I remembered something else and I wrote that down. But yeah, jeez, Jay. All right, Nate, I know. Us, I got a lot of three from your list. Three from my thing. All right, I have three from my thing. <laughs> Team America: World Police. Oh, oh, that's a that good should, one. Uh, I have uh, Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Also good. I, I didn't. I was gonna mention that one on my honorable, honorable mentions, but uh, we mentioned it in yeah the other episode we did. So right. and then another show from the Second City crew, uh, best in show. Um, same guys oh, that brought us Spinal Tap. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yeah, um, it's just, just hilarious. It's another mockumentary. I, I really highly suggest this for anyone that loves these kind of things. Um, yeah, I'll have just, to see that just, one. Hilarious. That one got away from me. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, know, you guys mentioned Shaun of the Dead. I I actually I had Hot Fuzz on my list, Hot Fuzz but is I, awesome. just, I decided to go with more of a pure comedy than yeah. what that like. I don't feel like it's as much of a comedy. It's definitely hilarious, but I don't know. It feels like a a cop movie more than a comedy. That's why I sort of on the last movie, the last episode we did, I didn't have Twenty One Jump Street on my list because of that, because it was like more of an action thing too. So I wanted more like pure just jokes. Um, but yeah, uh, we kind of mentioned everything on my list too. Uh, I think we had a good blend. The one thing that I think is an underrated movie that like I don't think really anybody saw uh, was Sex Drive. Um, I, I oh, have yeah. it on my list here, on my backup I'm, list. I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, Bobby, but we saw this movie together, right? I think uh, I saw it with Corey. I don't, I don't know if you were there or not. Okay, I wonder who I saw this with because I'm pretty sure I saw it at like the $3 theater after it was already out and like, or after it had been out for a while. It was just like, why didn't I see this movie, and why hasn't anybody <laughs> talked about it? Like, it's, it was so funny. It's really it was funny. So good. Yeah, like, Seth, just, uh, Seth Green is really funny in it. <laughs> he plays an Amish dude. Yeah, it's a really sarcastic one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, um, I had Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I had Knocked Up on my list. I had uh, Anchorman here, When He Crashers, I Love You Man, and Dodgeball. That was my honorable mention list. So, um, I think we covered quite a bit, and I think that we demonstrated how much deeper this this particular decade was from the last one in terms of just so high much. quality comedies. Honestly, there's Amazing. still so many that we could go through. Like I've got like pineapple express on here. Uh, I think yep. we talked about Joe dirt hot rod. Yep. I actually thought we had oh. one of your guys' list. Yeah. Yeah. When you mentioned funny. Andy Sandberg earlier, I was like, yeah. Oh, hot I, rod. I was wondering what that was. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn it. Um, and then the death of funny movies for this decade. Funny sorry to say was funny people. Yeah. That um, depressing that was how it is qualified or categorized as a comedy it starts the first half of it is really funny and then it just goes so super sad and dark and you're like why and it's too (laughs) long it's too long kind of like this episode so (laughs) with that being said let's wrap it up um again once again that was our top five uh favorite comedies from 2000 to 2009 um let us know if there's anything we miss i'm sure there's tons because this movie or this decade was so dense um and let us know if you hate us so anything else you guys want to say please let us know about if if you hate us or not i would really like to know yeah and check out our twitter and our instagram um obviously you're probably listening to this on uh, youtube um but keep an eye out for the future because we're going to be posting to uh spotify and then uh, hopefully someday itunes so uh we'll be everywhere so um our one listener can hear us on multiple platforms hi thomas (laughs) We're, we're hoping to double our audience pretty soon here so that'd be very very easy we just need one of you um (laughs) yep like comment and subscribe and uh let us know what you think until next time thanks for riding that wave
Pua, que pere. Said that now.